mentioning the game in focus this week is Hawthorne versus Essendon and what a fantastic rivalry that was, particularly in the 80s when they played off in three consecutive grand finals. And to go down memory lane, well, is an absolute superstar of the game. Mike Sheen actually put him number 17 in the all-time list of AFL player, VFL players in the 150 years of being in the competition. So this guy, Simon Madden, two-time Premiership player, three-time All-Australian, four-time Essendon Best and Fairest winner, and three-time Essendon leading goal kicker. But more importantly, 1985, Norm Smith medalist, and we welcome Simon to the show. G'day, Simon. G'day, g'day. How are well, you? I'm, ex- well? I'm exhausted after going through your career highlights, mate. That's uh, that's a oh, long, that's a long list. Oh, I just got, my head just got bigger and bigger as you read that out. <laughs> and so it should. That's um, magnificent. Um, so you you played most of your footy um, when I wasn't around, but um, by funny about, funny about that. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> that's works. But tell me, let's go back to the, the as I keep from the very start of this. Um, Magnificent career. Wasn't Hawthorne always the rivalry with Essendon? Oh, look, I don't think it always was. I think early on people, you know, sort of looked at uh, the Essendon Collingwood and Essendon Carlton game. So I think in that 80s, um, where it probably really started to develop, we, we, um, you know, we were, we had Kevin Sheedy coming as coach. We were still a, not a great side. We were developing. We were umming and ahhing. And then I, and I, I always took the Hawthorne supporters and say, look, you know, think about, think about us uh, back then. And, and you look at Hawthorne, they, and this is what I'm talking, I'm talking grand finals now. So yeah. 83, they won. Yes. 83, they won. 84, they lost. 85, they lost. 86, they won. 87, they lost. 88, 89, they won. They missed out of 90 and 191. So that's a very good era. And that's a you know, magnificent uh, effort from them and a great side. And we beat them twice. So we must have been all right. <laughs> so I think that, um, uh, you know, early in the 80s, we couldn't beat them. And then we start, and yet, you know, the like, you look at their side, you look at, a Dipper and Platten and Brereton and you, you, you know you just keep going through that side and had a lot of great players so it developed I think in that 83 season where um, well over 82 and 83 I think we might have beat them occasionally but really overall we couldn't beat them so Sheets had you know really had us aiming at um, them being the measuring stick and us having a go at them so it was um, sort of developed game upon game and it was just uh, it was a great rivalry and you look back and have a a great respect for the Hawthorne side back then, and and um, and we just uh, I think every time we played them, we knew it was going to be a, a really tight game. knew it was going to be a, a hard contest. knew that there was uh, well, we got you know you can't do it now, of course, but we got into a bit of biffo as well. So it was yeah. always um, always a good contest, a great contest. Certainly was Simon. We're talking to Simon Madden, uh, Essendon uh, legend of the game. Now, what was the '83 sort of preseason like? Do you remember how intense it, it, it would have been, considering? coming off a, a loss to them in the grand final? Well, oh, look, mate, uh, any pre-season under Kevin Sheedy was hard. And I I, I, uh, I challenge any any player of any era to get through Kevin Sheedy's first pre-season uh, and say that, that, you know, they made it through because, remember, we didn't we didn't have a we didn't have a list, uh, a cap on the list. We just had a lot of players turn up. So uh, we had, we just did training up. And remember, we, we had um, we had a job and we were doing, I think, in the first pre-season, um, you think about this, with, with after a job, You'd be training five nights a week on uh, every every night. You have an hour of, hour of running and an hour of football at least, and then on the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you had an hour of weights afterwards. Uh, then you'd get to the weekend, recover, and start again. It was at least six, you know, six weeks. So when we 
when we got into, you know, knew, we knew what Sheeds would do to train us and, and always talk about Eastern Standard Time and Eastern Sheedy Time. And Eastern Sheedy Time says uh, <laughs> 106 seconds in a minute and, and, and 110 minutes in an hour. So when he said we'll do this 15 minutes, we knew we were going to do it for about half an hour, 45 minutes <laughs> of training. So we were, you know, we were used to being... Um, you know, really, we're training hard. We were used to training hard. I, I talked to the young blokes now and said, we used to have, a, and, and this is, I think of this on a Thursday night, we would have an exercise called the rack. And what you do, you'd have um, uh, two witches hats about five, four to five metres apart. Uh, then another one, 10 metres further on, four or five metres apart. And, the, and again, you'd had three three blokes in the middle. And we had to go and, and t- we had to go through with the ball and had to be tackled and then tackled again and tackled again. Now, this is not early in the week of pre-season. This is Thursday night training before a game. Now, the people don't do that because they're worried about losing a player. Sheets is really intent on, mate, this as hard and as combative as we can be. So when you, you know, when you lose it, when you, and so this is in the lead up. So when we lose, I always say to people back then it was a record losing score in 1983, which luckily has been beaten twice. So not many people remember that, which is good. <laughs> but I do bring it up because um, it was a case of, well, you know, we, we were just pleased to get the grand final, I think, the players. And, and, and to get there and be beaten so badly, um, I think the AFL were trying to sell it into cable television America. I think it was the first game they put on TV. And the insult was, I think the insult was that they cut it off at half time because it was so terrible. Right. So, you sort of go, oh, so, so going into the next season, um, we knew we had to get better. And what that meant was a whole lot of hard training, uh, recruiting from Sheeds, of course, and, and a real determination for us to, to go that one step better. Yeah. So um, it was, uh, it, it, and you go into that grand final 84, and we and we didn't start well, but Sheeds is a master of, of the positive, and, and I know it's three-quarter time. He, he, had, he, he talked about them, um, you know, them being spent, them fighting, uh, he, he would use anything, like, you know, they're standing around in dressing gowns and were anything he'd use to get you to believe that you could do it. And so I know in that um, last quarter in in 84, uh, we started well and it's, the momentum just built up and then and we won. And, and it's just a great, you know, a great feeling, a great memory. And then in 85, we were the best side. I think you look back and um, 83, we weren't the best side. 84, we were test, testing ourselves whether we were. And 85, we were. We knew it. And, and to win uh, to and great, you know, good sides. You play well, you lose one. You go, oh, we don't want to do that again, and they keep winning. And uh, and every now and then you, you lose a game, and that reminds you what you got to do. So, uh, now great memories of that '84, '85, and in the great rivalry was, uh, you know, just what we had it was fantastic. And I think of even you know another layer of that went later on after my, my time in the, the line in the sand game, as yes. they call it, Hawthorne and Essendon, and uh, again, not what you can do now, a bit of biffo and. It almost put another layer on top of it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it is a great, respectful and harsh relationship, if you can put it that way, <laughs> that uh, we built up over time. Well, that's right. Now, we, we spoke to Schwabby about uh, that just uh, just before you and um, that, that game in 2004 and um, how it reignited it. And he did mention that if it was another team, he probably wouldn't have cared as much. But because it was Essendon, um, it, it, it narrowed, you know, the Hawthorne mentality going in. But um, well, let's go back to 1985. Tell us about your grand final day. You won a Norm Smith. Amazing effort uh, for a Ruckman. Yeah, look, I mean, we can go through it minute by minute. Yeah, yeah go on. Handball by handball, but you probably haven't <laughs> got an hour and a half, all right? So, look, I was very pleased to do that. I think we had a lot of good players on it. I, I always had a go at Dermy because 
in that game, uh, Dermot Brennan, he kicked um, he kicked uh, eight goals and I got the North Swift medal. So I must have been all right. I must have been doing something. But it was one of those games where everything went right. You know, yep. sometimes you can have a game where you're chasing the ball around, you can't get to it, and um, or you know you, you start well and you get injured. But that game, everything so mad. I remember Mark in the second quarter that. It sort of, I was in a bad position and I thought I'd drop it and it just stuck. And I can remember starting to say, geez, I was in a bit of a good game. So I think that builds your confidence, uh, you know, confidence built upon confidence. Yep. And, um, it, um, it, yeah, it all went right. So I was very happy at the, uh, uh, at the end of that, uh, end of that season, end of that game, end of that last quarter. Be able to be named as a Norseith medalist. And, um, and I'll just put a little bit extra on that. And I'll just put a little you know, bit of sauce on that. I still am the only ruckman to have a Norseith medal. So, uh, <laughs> uh, I just thought I'd, uh, you know, make the head a little bit bigger in this Very good. Oh, perfect. Um, now, it's unbelievable. When you look at the scores, and Northorn, as you mentioned, Durham kicked eight. But um, Northorn kicked, um, you know, 14, 8, 92. 92 wins you a premiership every other year, doesn't it? I mean, that's an amazing uh, well, score. No, and, that's right. And, you know, you looked at how the game's developed. There's a whole lot of emphasis on, you know, I mean, which way you can look at it. Is it the chicken or the egg or which comes first? Or what it doesn't matter. Is, is it... Is it defence that stops you, wins games, or is it you know uh, attack that wins games? And, I, and I've always said, like, um, you know, the, one of the problems with the great world game is a fantastic game, but people are happy with a nil all draw. And I go, well, hang on, um, yeah, that's not really what our game's about. Our game is about let's you know, and you can talk about Malcolm Blighty. You know, um, Mick Melton says we'd make sure they hold them to a score less than us. Um, Malcolm Blight says, well, it doesn't matter what they kick, we'll kick more goals. Yep. And in that time, it was a whole case of a Attack, attack more than defence, right. and uh, and now it's in, in the invasion sport where you know, like basketball and soccer, everybody's up one end and everybody's down the other end. But back then it was a real more positional one on one, and you and you played to your strengths, and and one of those was having the ability to kick more goals in the opposition. So um, yeah, we just we thought we could do it, and we did. You did, and you did it very well. Twenty six fourteen, you end up kicking, so we have not mighty one hundred and seventy. Jeez, we were cheap. Hang on, twenty six fourteen. Jeez, we were good. You were <laughs> very good. 40, 40 shots on goal in the grand final. That's amazing. Um, now, um, what were your... Um, you obviously rucked your whole career. I, I don't know whether you've um, taken notice on, on the recent um, arguments with Ruckman and obviously the circles and they've brought in and the PCL people are, you know, Ruckman are getting injured with. Did you ever injure a PCL in your rucking career? No, I, did. I actually I actually strained one uh, at, a, at a training run into another ruckman and our knees, and that was just as a tackle. And I, but I, um, yeah, never never had an operator on it. Was those days you sort of um, you just played with it. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing to say, and let let the tissue scar up. And if you've got big enough thighs, it carries it for it. But just just for interest's sake, uh, people people forget this. And this is I always I always have this statement about well, you know, the people make the rules are all under six foot four, so I actually don't know about black <laughs> work and. The people forget that that the line in the in the centre came in from one game when Peter Moore and Gary Dempsey wrestled wrestled uh, next to each other, never had a run up, and tried to outbody each other in a grand final. It was so ugly that they actually said, "No, we can't do this," and they put a line in the middle. And what happens if you put a line? Then people automatically um, think that we'll have to start directly opposite on the other side of the line. Yeah, and. Um, before that line, you could be in the centre, in the centre, and you could come in from any angle. And very few times would you actually run at each other. You'd run, at, you'd run at an angle to each other. But if you if you're looking around the ground and boundary throw-ins, um, we actually don't. Nobody does a PCL there because you don't run straight at each other. And I and I said when they asked me about that, I, I can remember saying, well, what you need to do 
is you actually need to take the line out, put in a circle a little bit bigger, not much bigger, maybe even slightly smaller, but start outside the circle. Right. And then, so you'll never get you'll never get two blokes uh, standing underneath the ball wrestling. You have to start outside the circle. And if the ball goes up relatively well, you move to the ball in the contest like you would at any other part of the ground. And that means you can be facing away from your goal and hit the ball over your head, or you can be coming in from the side. So you'd never have you'd actually never have blokes running, or very rarely would you have blokes running at each other and hitting these. You'd actually have all the body work that is. Is a sign of what ruck work's been for a hundred years, and uh, I said that to the league, and uh, they didn't listen to me. So there you go. Right, well, they, they should. I mean, as you, as you said, I mean they're, they're clearly under six foot four. So I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean your, your point's well made. So you, you you have a look at you have a look at a contest, and I and about bouncing the ball. It's an interesting one. Yeah. We're getting we're getting so um we're getting so um, precise about a whole lot of things, as in like the descent rule. You can't look sideways an umpire. Uh, in case you get in trouble. Uh, yet we've, we've still got the, let's bounce the ball. Oh, I made a mistake, let's have a second try. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, if you, I think if you just decided to, and I know there's a great point of difference with the bounce, and I understand that, and maybe the first bounce or, or the first quarter, each quarter starts with one. Um, but uh, I think the ball should be thrown up, and I think you should start outside a circle and not have a line. And then you get to real, uh, real, um, and there's always been different types of ruck. Then you have the tall one like my, uh, like uh, Sandilands in Fremantle, and my brother Justin, six or ten, who are going to use their height. You're going to, um, you're going to have uh, 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 the one who bustles and uses his body and his strength, and you're going to have which was more like me, a leaper, who's going to try and use their spring. And then you have those three types of ruckmen, and you get a great mix of what our game's about. That you know, as we said, liberatore, uh, uh, little liberatore, uh, his father, uh, he could he could play the game, and, and Aaron Sandilands at seven, nearly seven foot can play the game. Yeah. I think that's part of our game that is is a great uh, a great thing to attract people is that you don't have to be a certain height and a certain build. If you're if you've got the talent, you've got the desire, you can play. And I think um, seriously, if they want to think about. Are not having in, are not having knee injuries in the centre, and you think about that uh, taking the centre line out, but having a a strategy where you have to move to the ball and not just stand there and not run into each other. Yeah, no, that's a. a Written, spoken, authorised by Simon Madden. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very good, mate. Now, now your career spanned um, uh, nearly twenty years. Um, I'm quite surprised looking at your resume that you didn't make it um, into the um, AFL um, team of the century with your sort of record. But um, of course, Polly Farmer got there, and what a terrific yeah, well, record! I, I think I, I think there was a couple of blokes in there called John Nichols and Polly Farmer who apparently could play a bit. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think they could. Oh, well. they, their records are quite good as well. Yeah, no, they're very, very good. So, look, maybe over time you, you might they might look back and say, oh, you know. But um, I was quite happy to be I was quite happy to be um, spoken about in the, in, the, in the same sentences with those names. So if my name was coming up and saying, oh, these great ruckmen, and then they threw my name in there as well, I was quite happy to mention. So uh, I don't really have a, a bone to pick with that. Now, I'm a bit, maybe a bit biased as a Melbourne supporter, but um, is there another one coming through the ranks at the minute that could join you? Oh, look, I think Maxi gone playing fantastic football. I think people forget, talking about Melbourne, I think people forget how much Jim Steins used to run around. Yes. He was a, he was a ruckman who was also a ruck rover. And I think, you know, and um, I, I think you know, our bloke at Essendon, Draper, is starting to move around. 
Um, I've always said that, you know, any any position, any play, you've got to have more than one string to your bow. Um, I was lucky enough to be playing under Gray Moss for my first three years and playing in the forward line, so I learned about forward work. Well, I've said that, I've said that any young any young ruckman who um, who's, wants to play, um, well, I say to any young player, what's the extra bit you're doing? If you do what everybody else does, you get what everybody else gets. And what's that extra bit you're doing, whatever it is you need? For me, initially, it was learning how to kick properly because I've never been taught properly. Once I got that, my next bit was getting getting the strength because I was uh, two yards of pump water, as I said back then, as far as the size. And then it was, um, uh, uh, you know, developing the skills even better. Yeah. And you look, you say, look, I know mean, there's a lot of great ruckmen. I think, you know, for example, Paddy, people forget how great a tap ruckman Paddy Ryder is. Uh, but you look at Matt Storm and how much he gets around the ground. And I said to any young ruckman, look, if, if you just play in the ruck and then that's all you do, you'll be changed off the bench. But if you can go forward and kick a goal, um, you know, or play down there, or push forward, either push forward or, or play as a forward, um, two things will happen. You'll get more game time yep. and they'll pay you more money. And that's an important part of the game too. <laughs> that's, that's very good advice. Very good advice. Um, what what's, um, have you seen Essendon's season um, so far, Simon? Oh, very, very, like, very, very, very frustrating, of course. Yep. I, think, um, uh, I think we've got a lot of things right around the club. Um, I think that um, probably there was a higher expectation from our finals appearance last year where we still have a developing side and we're in a developing phase. Um, and realistically, you know, it's been frustrating and I think that's, that's as far as the players are concerned too. But there's only two games you can control. Well, only two got this. The last game you played, we should look at and learn from, but you can't change it. And then the next game is the one you have to learn from the last one and put it into practice uh, next week. So... As you talk about the rivalry of Essendon and the Hawthorne, I think this becomes a really important game for Essendon because it's our next one. It's against great, op- uh, great opposition with great history and, and, and our players get a chance to, to uh, improve and, and prove themselves that uh, it's not going to be as frustrating year as it has been so far. No. Well, then, then the other thing is, that, I mean, the fixture hasn't been kind to the Bombers. I mean, I know you just, you've got to play who you play, but goodness, um, you've had a, you've, the Bombers have had a we've, horrible we've run with that. Some, we've, played, we've played some pretty good sides, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I reckon there's a reason for it, so I'm not I'm not off the bombers as much as others. No, I think I think we've shown it. Like uh, at times we've shown we can play a good footy. Uh, the old story is, that, you know, the old story of any developing side is learning to play that each week yep. and learning and learn to play consistently for the whole game. But if you look, if you look at our, you know, if we were more accurate against more accurate against Melbourne, we might have been a better chance. If we were more accurate against Collingwood, we might have been a better chance. Um, so there's been signs, but you know, the trick is to get the. Uh, to get the points on the board, you know, get the four points, and also to be consistent over four quarters. And I think that's our, our, our coaching panel and Ben Rutt are very aware of that and uh, putting a few things together to try and develop that over the next few weeks. Fantastic. And do you see the uh, this rivalry continuing uh, on Saturday night at Marvel, spilling over, and um, as it were, in the eighties? Oh, like I'm not sure you can get. Away, I'm not sure if you can get away with what we did in the eighties. <laughs> I think I think I think the uh, if you look, I always look at the fight at the start of the '85 Grand Final, and I think if you had one of them today, it would cost the cost oh. the players in the club about five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars. If, if you and you won't have a team the next the, week. <laughs> yeah, and of all the fines you'd have to put in, I don't think I don't think we go that far, but it still continue the uh, 
hard-fought rivalry that uh, we like to yep. see in football. Oh, very good. Hey, Simon, thank you. We've got to leave it there, mate. Um, mate we've got Kevin Sheedy on. Is there anything uh, that I need to pass on to Sheeds uh, from your no, end? No, no, just, uh, just ask, ask him how he's feeling. See, if he, uh, see how he's going there, all right? <laughs> Certainly will. Hey, Simon, appreciate your time, mate. Re- um, absolutely loved our chat. Um, it was good fun, and um, hopefully, um, yeah, it's an- another classic game on Saturday night. Uh, looking forward to it, mate. All the best. Thanks for your time. <laughs> Not a problem. Simon Madden, AFL VFL superstar of the game. Oh goodness, that was a that was a, a personal highlight there. Three hundred and seventy-eight games for the Bombers, and uh, two-time Premiership player in 84-85.